I have been in isolation for too long now, and I recognize I need a way out. I'm not eager, and I'm not sure how, but I know it is unhealthy to remain in isolation. If you can relate, let's do this together. Welcome to the podcast, Not I, Not Isolated Anymore. This is B, And this is Stephanie. Thank you for joining us. Last episode, we promised that you were going to have an assignment to go out in the world. And you did. Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I had to push myself. So the situation here was, this was a friend, one of the ones that I have mentioned earlier in this podcast, where at one point in recent years, I thought we were reaching, you know, a nice stable level of friendship where I actually felt seen. And then some conversations later, I mean, there was some comment or something where, I mean, essentially, she said something to the effect that I talked too much. And I, I was hurt. And I thought to myself, well, you know what, I'm gonna do the opposite. So I was showing up and not talking at all, actually. And she didn't seem to notice. Uh, she certainly didn't ask, and I was like, well, you know, whatever. And then eventually you stopped showing up altogether. Exactly. Eventually that was not satisfying, right? That was like, so, so you know, uh, why am I doing that? And it's interesting because we talked the last episode about when you're in isolation, it can be that interactions can have an outsized impact. Right. So do you think it's possible that you were you were kind of somewhat highly attuned to how she was reacting to you? So that this particular comment really hit hard. Yes, yes. I think you're being very, very, very polite <laughs> to to say that. Yeah, sure. I mean, of course, I, I was probably offended um, because it was an outsized impact because, right, it was one of maybe two or three people tops that I was talking to. And also, I mean, yeah, right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a big part of that that I have to own as my situation, right? Because also, here I was in this place of isolation and wow, I've made a friend, you know, wow, I feel seen. I'm in this place of joy and then all of a sudden, whoop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure it was way more painful than, yes, I mean, if I would have had healthy interactions and several circles to rely on to feel seen, that seems like it would have been something very small and probably would have gone unnoticed. So you hadn't talked to this particular friend or person for, for quite a while at this point. Right. So the assignment was to give it another go, essentially. Exactly. And here again, I mean, part of it is is my part of owning it, right? Because I do know that in the past, the pattern was that I don't feel seen. And then rather than asking to feel seen, no, this is too complicated. It's not the place for me. Pack up my bags and go. Right. So I guess I had done that. And sure, that's not fair to her either, I guess. So I reached back out and thought that this time when we went out to eat or to talk or whatever, I would make an effort to make sure that I was seen, right? If she didn't ask about my life, I would still at some point say, this is what I've been up to. So we refer to this as an experiment or an assignment. So what, what, do, you, what do you think you were testing? or What were you trying that was new? What did you want to find out also about yourself or about the situation? I think more than anything, I wanted to, I guess I wanted to see what it felt like to ask to feel seen. Or in this case, not even ask, but basically put myself out there. And, and this is my story, right? Not waiting to be asked. I wanted to see what it felt like. And But it was, 
I mean, honestly, largely I, because of this assignment. I mean, it's not like I'm really in a place of, oh, yay, let me go reach back out to all old friends and let's do this over again. But I thought, okay, I mean, if I am doing this, if I am intentionally trying to leave isolation, it's one of the things that I need to try to do, right? I mean, even if, regardless of how this friendship in particular turns out, I do need to exercise the muscle of healthy relating. So I think I had all of those things in mind as I was reaching back out and and even as I was driving over to meet her and everything. Was there also a sense of being interested to learn if you had gotten it right? So you responded to her in a certain way when you were in a place of isolation, responded to her comment and responded to her presentation. And, and now that you're attempting to emerge from isolation, was there any curiosity about whether you interpret her correctly or that you saw her? That's a very good question. You know, I have to admit that throughout this whole period, I was only concerned with the fact that I was not feeling seen. I guess I would like to think that she was feeling seen because she was talking. (laughs) And, you know, there were some periods where she was going through a rough patch. So it was fine for me, you know. And also at that period, I wasn't really seeking to feel seen, but I felt like I was being some sort of help to show up and at least listen to her at that period. So I was willing to do it. You know, I mean, that was um, not not a problem but you're right I mean I don't think that I was necessarily thinking of her I know that we had you and I had talked before me meeting her and you had made a point to say well see if you can learn anything new about her energy or about yours and so I kind of had that in the back of my mind but I can't say that I would have if you wouldn't have you know pointed it out And, and that's very telling in itself I guess how we show up to interactions which is something that we mentioned earlier, no? I mean, in, in another episode about the the fact that we show up needing to feel seen, but not really ready to see because neither one of those muscles is exercised much nowadays. We got a comment on one of the earlier episodes from someone who also has experienced isolation or been challenged by isolation. And by the way, thank you for commenting and giving us some feedback. It's great to hear from people who have listened And she mentioned that one thing that helped her emerge from isolation was curiosity. That's kind of what you're describing, this this muscle of wanting to see other people and and knowing how to to do that. That's a muscle that's not exercised. And that's kind of the curiosity muscle, which is not really often encouraged in our cultures and communities, especially now with social media, where we're just kind of dumped on. (laughs) We're not encouraged to go out. And seek information about other people and really see who they are. Yeah, I, I like what you're doing because you seem to be pulling on a very particular thread of energy, of curiosity, which, I mean, we rarely talk about energy, let alone something so specific. You're right that that is a beautiful energy that would drive a good conversation, right? When, when the two people speaking have curiosity about each other or, or about whatever topic they're talking about but I do feel that there has to be a certain like your tank has to be full to a certain extent you need to feel seen to a certain extent to even have that capacity to wonder about you know other energies whether people or things or or what have you so that is that is a very interesting one because you're right curiosity definitely plays a part in a healthy interaction, but it's difficult to have it there. I wonder if, I don't know if this analogy 
really fits here or not, but it's almost like in a marriage, they say that the first thing to go when there's problems, the first thing to go is sex, and it's the last thing to come back. And curiosity kind of feels that way too, no? I mean... I think that's probably very true, actually. <laughs> I would bet the first thing to go is curiosity. And the, and I, I, don't, I don't know often if it ever comes back. I mean, it's a different problem, right, than being isolated. Although it creates isolation, I think, within marriages and relationships. Right. Once you think that you see this person and you've seen everything there is to see... <laughs> exactly. You stop being curious about them. Right. And that's also maybe when you start getting annoyed by them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But to bring it back to your, so we can hear more about your, your assignment, I, I understand what you're saying. And we, we brought that up, I think, last episode as well, that it is, it is hard to have these kind of energies that drive social interaction, curiosity being one of them, when you are in isolation. And, and as you say, your tank is kind of empty. So this is... You're both trying to have interactions that fill your tank up, but you're, you're kind of starting from an empty tank. So you went into this lunch, you had, you had lunch with this friend, with maybe not an overwhelming curiosity about her, but certainly with some curiosity, it sounds like, about the relationship, how yeah. it was going to go, and, and how, so how did it go? So uh, now I'm feeling a little guilty because I'm recognizing that the that the curiosity that I had was, is she going to ask me about me or not? Mm-hmm. Um, which is selfish, fine, but so it is. So, uh, so, you know, I was there and it was fine, pleasant. The interaction has always been pleasant. She was telling me about her life and, um, and you know, and at this point I was, I kind of, we were meeting for an hour, I, I kind of thought... After half an hour, I'll, I'll definitely jump in and say, so this is what I've been up to, no? And sure enough, that's what I did. And I shared news about a project that I'm beginning that has me feeling very hopeful and I'm really excited about it. And when I have shared the news about this project with other people, the response is usually people are super excited for me and people are just happy, you know. And so maybe that's kind of what I was expecting. And maybe that was also my mistake. Well, I think it's fair to have expectations from people. Well, I certainly wasn't expecting her response. <laughs> so her response was essentially, you know, because I, I, I was mentioning like a particular milestone in the vicinity. And her response was essentially, well, I hope you reach that milestone because it's good to have a reality check. Now, I swear to you, I mean, this... Like, I don't know if, if by saying it, it sounds as shocking as I felt it in the moment, but energetically, my jaw dropped. I just thought, how can you be so negative when somebody's coming to share something that there's there's nothing in the story that I was sharing that was a potential stumbling block or resistance or a threat or a challenge. And like to simply introduce it as it almost felt like she was not responding to me, but she was responding to her own narrative. Maybe it's lived experience that she has had or something. But for some reason, in that moment, she was not able to just be happy and hopeful for me. She had to point out the fly in the soup. And I was just so surprised at that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel it was a failure, though. I didn't feel it was a failure on my part. I did show up and, and basically ask to feel seen. But I think that was also an important moment to realize that sometimes people won't see you because they cannot see you. I don't know what she had going on that she was not able to to share that narrative of me succeeding and being happy about it. So you learned something, you did learn something about her, yourself, and the energy that exists between the two of you. 
Right. I think more so I learned something about the interaction. I'm left scratching my head about why her reaction was that way. I don't know that I know her more deeply because of that interaction. Well, you know what to expect. Exactly. Exactly. So, which I think is good. You know, this is why I mentioned I think it's good to have expectations. Right. From people, because then if you're disappointed, it's information. Right? Exactly. You know how far, uh, how close or far you are from whatever it was that you were expecting. And yeah, I mean, mostly it makes me sad, I guess, because I, I mean, not sad, like I'm going to sit and cry, you know, but it is disappointing. I, I, it would have been nice that me being in this new place and ready and willing to, to interact and engage energetically with this person again, it was sad to see that that there is something preventing that. Because I can't say that I'm terribly interested to go and find out, find out further. I mean, I suppose I could. I suppose I could meet with her and say, hey, last time I was left confused by your comment or whatever. But I don't know that I really want to. Well, this is now the second time. So you felt somewhat misseen by her previously. Exactly. And now... It- here it comes again, where she's responding to you as if you were a person that needed to be warned or you were too over-enthusiastic about things and you needed... You needed a reality check. A reality check, which right. is not who you see yourself. You know, so we talked about in last episode, one of the, the benefits or the pleasures of being seen is, is have, having this mirror put up that reflects who you are back to you. That's both can be a pleasurable experience, but also... Part of the pleasure is that you learn about yourself. But if that mirror is distorted and shows you in this way, then then that's not a helpful exchange. Absolutely, absolutely. And it made me think further about this term that we have used of feeling misseen. And I think a way to describe it could be when the person does not see you, they see their own narrative. When they can only see you through their own narrative. And it's an interesting concept because... In a way, I guess we all do that, but uh, maybe at some point, and I don't know that right now, but it would be interesting to try to uncover more what is it that, I guess, what is it that makes us do that? I'm trying to think of uh, if we do show up and see things through our narrative, I guess that makes sense to a certain extent, but there has to be a moment where we see past the narrative and we are actually seeing each other, I guess, energy to energy. It's back to that interaction. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like one thing you learned is that perhaps you're not that interested in being part of this energetic unit or circle that is this relationship or friendship. And it's nice that you gave it a second go. Thank you. For sure, <laughs> because that's breaking one of your energetic patterns, which is to to leave maybe too soon. Exactly, yeah. Other people, I think, have sometimes have the opposite energetic pattern and don't feel they they have the right to leave energetic units or circles. And so I can see that happening with some people that they're in isolation. They have this friend, this friend perhaps doesn't see them or miss them or, or even doesn't treat them as well as they would like to be treated. But they don't feel that they have, maybe because they don't have any other circles to participate in, right. that they feel they have to stay. Sure, especially if they have not ever had the lived experience of a healthy interaction, they might just yes, remain in an unhealthy interaction because that's the only thing you know. It strikes me that we, we've been using the term circles and also energetic units, and we kind of see those terms as kind of somewhat interchangeably. True. 
Um, but we haven't really talked about directly what we mean by those or why we're using those terms instead of maybe a term like relationship or family group. So the circles are the relational spaces where energetic interactions take place, yeah. whether between two people, which is just a relationship as we generally think of it, or between more than two people, which is a group, an energetic ecosystem, a place where the energies gather and interact in a way that is familiar to them. Yeah, and it, you know, it's somewhat stable over time. Right. It is stable over time in that the circle continues to exist for as long as people are showing up for interactions. Not the energetic interaction that you have with the cashier at the grocery store. That's a one-time. But when it happens, when you show up to that energetic interaction often at work, with family, with friends, what have you, that we would refer to as a circle or an energetic unit. So that's, that can be relationship between two people or a family relationship, as you said, a work group, a friend group. Exactly, exactly. It's an energetic interaction between two people or between more than two people. Simultaneous collective energetic interactions can all be referred to as one energetic unit. I mean, we can also think of these as energetic ecosystems because everybody kind of has similar understandings, let's say. We could get into more details about that, but... But essentially, we use circles and energetic units kind of interchangeably. So, I mean, the circle gives the kind of spatial sense of what's happening. You know, we have overlapping circles. Uh, and then the energetic unit, that term, I think, captures kind of the dynamics of what's happening in that circle. Right. And it's you can almost think of it as like the drawing of like a molecule, you know, because an energetic unit does seem like a truer representation of what families and energetic groups end up being. No, I mean, it's not a very neat circle necessarily. Sometimes a certain energy in a family will attract more energies from the outside or what have you, and it's all of these intricate shapes where the term energetic unit can certainly apply. And this is what conveys that sense of belonging when you belong to at least one but hopefully multiple circles or energetic units. And then when you have, you feel you have none, you have no reliable source of sense of belonging. You have no reliable source of energetic exchange. That's when you feel isolated. True. And I think it actually, it goes even further than that because we have talked about narratives being the structures of our lives. And here, here is where we begin to see it really clearly, you know, because Let's say you have one circle. If we can try to think of the analogy of building a house, maybe you have one corner with a group of bricks. That's not much of shelter, no? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have more circles throughout, you have a circle that maybe gives you a sense of achievement in your life. Maybe another circle gives you a sense of, well, financial recognition, right? I mean, where you go to work, you don't only feel seen energetically, but you do actually feel seen financially, et cetera, et cetera. No, I mean, when you have the different circles, you can get the sense of a structure being built around this energy person where it can withstand a lot more wind or whatever um, energetic storms life may bring, no? Because the hope is that these energetic units are healthy in that they are fuel and energy for the people who participate in them. So we all bring our own energy, energies to our the circles in which we belong with the need, even not just the hope, that we will get the 
energy out from those circles that we need to construct a meaningful life. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder if we even if we do know that on some level of consciousness, because it's not even like we seek to feel seen in order to feel a certain way before feeling seen. I, I didn't really know, you know, how awesome it feels, you know, so it's not really like we're like the motivation is that feeling that I know I'm going to have. But it is really interesting that that is our drive, right? That 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 is what we innately, organically do. You know, we seek to feel seen. And when we do, we feel great. And when we don't, it depletes you in such a way that there is no way that the energetic unit can thrive to its full potential if if several of, of the energetic beings participating in it are depleted and, and are not being allowed to, to shine their full energy. And I imagine we can all think of circles or energetic units in our lives where we have felt that depletion. Yeah, absolutely. So being aware of the energetic units that you participate in and whether they fuel you or deplete you. Exactly. But but I think, okay, so this is super important what you're saying, because we have to be able to ask ourselves that question. How do I feel in this group? And, and give yourself an honest answer, you know, because too often, I think we simply assume that the longevity of a, of a relationship is worth more than what you get out of it. And we get stuck in these relationships that are not fulfilling in any way. And unfortunately, most people are not even aware that the point is to feel seen, you know, so sure, you get stuck in these terrible relationships without any idea that there's something unhealthy there. And I think that's why it's so important. I mean, it's you don't just naturally, it doesn't just naturally come to your awareness. You have to be intentionally checking where you are energetically. And part of what makes these energetic units healthy or not healthy, if we want to call them that, positive or, or, or negative, is the energetic patterns that play out right. within those. I mean, so we, we were just talking earlier in terms of your assignment, that this was in part you trying to break an energetic pattern that exists in many of your relationships in which you hit a what you see as an obstacle or a challenge or, or and you retreat. And But unfortunately, you went into this exchange and she came back with her own energetic pattern True. <laughs> of negativity such that this may not be a stable energetic unit because the two of you have patterns that just don't meet each other in a way that you need. Yes, I was trying to think of the interaction that we had in terms of a pattern that may have been happening because some of these patterns just happen to all of us and have happened, you know, since childhood that if you really stop and think about them, there are patterns that we all do. There are patterns that you can really pick up and, and be like, aha, this is what was going on there. And so I wondered for a moment if maybe part of the pattern that was happening there is, you know, sometimes among some peer groups, we all live under the expectation that, okay, we're, we're peers, right? I mean, we're all, say in a classroom, for example, we're all here to learn, we're all kind of in the same level of knowledge, uh, we're all trying to ingratiate ourselves with the teacher or not. And then if all of a sudden, somebody starts to raise their hand and give all the right answers, and it's getting all the A's, naturally, everybody else is going to feel threatened or some or for some reason, uh, want to bring that energy back and maintain the status quo and the balance of of energies 
as energies had arranged themselves. And so I was wondering if maybe that was what was happening, that in the moment that I was sharing my news that was happy, I wondered if instantly there's this energetic comparison and, well, if you're not in a particularly happy place or just not as happy as what your peer is sharing, then the tendency would be to squash that or if not even put the person down, simply not allow them to be seen, not allow them to feel seen. You know, that's enough to just take the wind out of your sails right there. And so I thought there could be an element of, of that that was happening. I also do think that there it is possible that, you know, maybe it reminded her of something or, or put her back in an energy in some lived experience that there's some narrative there or some painful reason that did not allow her to see me. So there could be that. But yes, I think there was definitely also that element of a pattern that she was relying on. And I think this is an interesting sort of thing because there are some patterns that I think we do develop individually and learn to rely on all the time. But there seem to be some collective patterns just out there for us to just reach out and and rely on and use. Yeah, and for that reason, we wanted to kind of spend a whole episode on the idea of energetic patterns, get a little more clarity about what we mean when we use that phrase, and then also where do these energetic patterns come from and how do they affect our own energetic health and also the health of the energetic units in which we participate in. So that's going to be the next episode, and we hope you'll join us for that.